0: from the banks of the mighty Murray and all across the Riverland. It's that time of the week, footy fans. Let's kick on! Every week, the team from the Murray Pioneer and Marks Up bring you all the discussion around the RFL season from a club near you. So sit back, whack on your headphones and grab your favourite beverage because we've got all the RFL action right here, ready to kick on. This time we're playing to win. That's what's being said down at Lakeside Oval and Panther Park this week with Loxton North and Barmer Monash still on the hunt for their first win since their round one draw. But that's just one storyline in a big week of Riverland football. This week, we talk with West Adelaide's Ashley James ahead of SANFL SANFLW Grand Final appearance and the big Sunday of RWFL footy at Berry Oval. I'm your host, Brennan Lyons, sports editor of the Murray Pioneer, and I'm joined by, well, an under-the-weather Nick Dillon today, <laughs> who's a familiar face around Riverland footy and marks up you're listening to the kick-ons podcast and as always we'll take care of the footy chat and perhaps we'll wet your thirst for another big weekend of riverland football dillo it's great to see you but uh yeah thanks for coming down uh to the the murray pioneer news center today uh yeah yeah hope you f- uh,
1: thanks for dragging yourself out of bed over here that's uh, all right mate uh bit under the weather. I was worse yesterday, but I'm feeling a bit better today, so all good, mate. Excellent, excellent, mate. Well, uh, plenty to, to get through today. Um,
0: I mean, wh- what bigger storyline is there than uh, our first
1: Riverlander female playing in an SA-NFL W Grand Final? How good is that, mate? Yeah, it's pretty massive, and she's a good girl too, Ash James, and she's... uh haven't watched her play for Redmark previously. My wife used to play in the Redmark side with her, and um, having watched her play, you could always see there was something... Pretty special about Ash and the way she went about it. She just moved like a footballer straight away. And, uh, yeah, so it's great to see her go on and play at the next level and uh, and now an opportunity to be, become a premiership player with the Bloods, joining many, many uh, Riverlanders who have done it in the past in the men's team, now obviously in, in the female space as well. And it's safe to say I think every Riverlander will be watching on Saturday afternoon with bated
0: breath as Westies take on the Tigers. Now, mate, um, let's do a whip around of uh, what we've seen uh, last weekend in the RFL. So um, let's go down to the the big one. Uh, well, one of the big ones, actually,
1: uh, the Fisher Cup. Um, how's that? Berry got their hands back on it in the end. Yeah, I mean, obviously a great result for Berry because it puts them, you know, uh, was it a game and a half clear in, uh, in four spot or is it uh, a bit further than that now? Either way, they're... They just put that uh, gap between themselves and and the uh, the bottom two, so so a couple of games clear there, and uh, you know that's that really sort of sets up the back half of their season now. If they can pick up a couple extra wins here and there, and great to see the big big man Pumper up and up and about and uh, kicking a few goals, he was pretty uh, handy on the field. But from what I hear, he was pretty handy off the field as part of the uh, the 2010 premiership reunion as well. So uh, there might have been a bit of a a bit of a fire somewhere, I think, it back at his place. And, yeah, it was uh, it was quite large from what I, what I saw on, on social media. So, yeah, he, uh, he had the boys up and about at his place as well afterwards. Well,
0: I'd imagine a big man would attract a big celebration. And uh, from all reports and from... Uh a lot of the images uh, gathered from down at uh, RFL
1: headquarters on the weekend. He, he doesn't mind a celebration on the field, uh, Big Pumper. Yeah, yeah, no, he certainly doesn't mind it. And uh, he's a bit larger than life and he's, um, yeah, he's a sort of a great man for their football club to get there. I know the supporters really love him. And when he's up and about on the field, you know, the supporters get right behind him too. So good win for, for Berry, but had to, had to do it the hard way coming from behind, mate.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, one of the uh, the outcomes there is, uh, from all reports, it was a four-quarter effort, uh, you know, to be, able to, to be able to mount that comeback. So uh, it's something that Barry have been looking for, well, since round one really, haven't they? Yeah, uh, yeah. so it's good to see that they've um, kind of, yeah, starting to, to get that consistency, and uh, that's one of the things that we talked about with Brian Gates last week that he highlighted, that that's where you know that's the box that they've had to tick so um you can only think maybe onwards and upwards uh for Barry um but there's still still a long way to go for the season and uh also Burrum and Monash
1: as well like the is it the one that got away that first win yeah possibly. when you lead by you know was it 15 16 points at a quarter time you, you certainly want to go on with it but you know well, we had a similar situation ourselves on the weekend uh sometimes it just doesn't work out that way and um, you know, Barmer Bower Reports, you know, came home pretty strong but just couldn't uh, couldn't quite finish it off. You know, they had Matty Min in the side. Um, he's gone back to Mildura now. Yeah, possibly the one that got away, but they get the chance to redeem themselves this week with that, that big clash against Loxton North.
0: They certainly do, and we'll talk about all the anticipation about that one a little bit later. Um, if we go across uh, – well, well – across, I should say, a lot further down the road from Berry Oval down to Wakeree um, where the Maggies uh, lined up against the Rovers. Uh, this is a game I was at. We talked last week about this would be a battle between Remark's halfback and uh, the Maggies uh, centre and I, after it was quite a defensive game to start off with and, you know, kind of a a uh, bit of a, you know, yeah, momentum swung either way. There wasn't a lot of scoring going on, but a lot of possession footy being played. Uh, but, yeah, at half halftime, uh, the Maggies hit the switch and she was on in that centre line, mate. They were just moving the ball with precision by foot and even Shane Stevens says that's that's where they won it in the end. Um, and uh, we, uh, we talked about a bit earlier um, with... Uh, one of the Spenceley brothers uh coming back into the side there to join Jake. Um his name escapes um, Matty Spenceley Matt yeah. Spenceley. So, yeah so
1: did, did he play in the midfield? Did he play up forward or he was uh start I I saw
0: him spend a lot of time around the defense um around about half back but then he was actually setting up a lot of forward entries as well so yeah. And, yeah, there was a couple of times he was in the mix in the front six as well. So I think he was kind of given a a fair bit of licence to get around. And, uh, well, you know, it's just reflected by, you know, 23 possessions (laughs) really in his first game. And then you add that in with um, him... Joining up with uh, brother Jake in yeah, the middle from there. More
1: reports he had a massive game with his brother back in in the side. And um, a bit.
0: Massive influence. Luke Exton was a, a f- around the ball and between those three, 66 possessions. Like that's huge accumulation, and look, it, you're going to shut down plenty of sides with that type of.
1: And they're all good users of the footy, so you want that that ball in your in your prime movers hands, and and those those three guys are elite. So. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's massive for Wakery. A yeah. huge win in the context of the season again, because they go to second now, and says to lose that massive percentage of theirs. Because um, I think it was a big win against Palmer, I reckon it was, and and that win on the weekend doesn't hurt their percentage either. You know, that's a, that's a huge win percentage-wise. So yeah. yeah, yeah, they're sitting nicely at the moment, and making, and they place. keep
0: finding a way despite um, you know a lot of in- injury losses being uh, quite hurt at the moment, but. Um, uh yeah, Shane Stevens was running his rotations pretty quickly through there to keep guys fresh. And, and you could kind of see that they were keeping up that run all that second half. And, um, look, uh, Renmark did get dealt a blow pretty early with Jack Agostino going down. Um, so he didn't take any further part. And this was in the first – this was in the opening minute of the
1: game. Yeah, right. So yeah, that's, that's so, a huge, so huge blow for them. He was gone pretty early. He's been the best player this year, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. Him, him and the Wolford brothers probably – yeah, equal rights to it, but Jack Ago coming into the side, you would argue is that been their most important player. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And once he was out, the equation. Look, um, Matt and Tim Wolford did everything they could to keep sending uh, Renmark forward, so they mm-hmm. they battled on despite the step back. But yeah, up against that centre line um, with uh, from the Maggies there, it was uh, yeah, it was a it was a hard ask, and I guess it was just reflected at the end of
1: the day, really. Yeah, yeah. And the Proud Cup, mate, that's a little bit closer than we all anticipated, I think. I mean, we knew North were going to have a decent crack, but uh, to get within three points of the team that's been undefeated is a mighty effort. It sure
0: is, and that, well, that's the closest any team's got to uh, to the Tigers this year. So, yeah, I mean, again, what could have been for Loxton North? Uh, missed the goal in the the closing minutes. That could have sealed it, you know. They, they were with well within a sniff, um, I think, uh, there was... Uh, yeah, four points in it at the time when Loch
1: Lock Henschke took the took the kick, and oh, well, that's just footy sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes the ball goes your way, other times it doesn't. I tell you what, I do love those Loxton Proud Cup Guernseys, the heritage Guernseys they bring out for that game. Did North wear their. The, is it the hoops they I think sometimes wear? Uh I wasn't at the game. I couldn't
0: confirm that for you, but
1: um, it would be a nice touch. Isn't uh, it? Just a yeah, it is a nice touch. It's obviously a throwback to Guernseys they've worn previously and um you know, it's a bit of the uh the prison bars really, isn't it, with with Loxton, but a bit of yellow in there it looks, it is. looks great. Yeah, oh, it I does. It,
0: it looks absolutely fantastic. We've got um, a group shot of the fellas with the cup um on page forty five of the uh Murray Pioneer this week. So uh, grab yourself a copy. Uh, this is where our podcast gets interactive. So <laughs> have a look there. And, yeah, it, it's a great look, that Heritage um, jumper. And, well, you know, um, there's probably another uh, big club in South Australia that probably wish they could wear their prison bars yeah. as well <laughs> <laughs> at the showdown. But, uh, yeah, it's a great look there for Loxton. And uh, well done to Dylan Millard uh, getting what the supporters really wanted at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely. Mm,
0: yeah. So, mate, well, that's the wrap of the the Big Six. Uh, Let's have a look at the indies uh, from last week. So, um, yeah, Wonka, flaunting the premiership credentials, aren't they? Knocking off Paringa there.
1: Yeah, I think Paringa probably got a lot closer than a lot of people expected, but I think we've said in the podcast previously that they're they're a really well-drilled side. They're young, they're fit, and they play for each other. They're a really good team unit, and... um, you know, they had their chances late, couldn't quite get over the line. Um, you know, perhaps if had kicked straight, straighter, it might have been a different game. But um, you can only get give yourself an opportunity to, to win the game, and Peringa did that. Just couldn't quite um, couldn't quite get over the line that third quarter, in the end proved the difference, three goals to two. So, yeah, that, but it's, it's good for the competition that uh, you know is competitive with with a team like Wanka, who are you know a premiership certainly a premiership contender up there in the top two at the moment. Yeah, and another uh, contender that uh, got
0: themselves back on the winner's list was uh, Ramco. Um, unfortunately for the man sitting across uh, from me, he was uh, on the receiving end of that. But uh, it looked
1: like um, yeah, the Eagles came out pretty strong in the in the first quarter there. Yeah, we did. We lost Tommy a bit similar to uh, Ramart Liz and Jack Agostino. We lost Tommy Lefty um, in the first couple of minutes, which hurt us a bit, but Ramco far too strong, physical, um, ran hard. Um, you know, had a really good setup in their forward and forward line as well. With Cade Muir. he had had a fair chunk of the footy. Kicked seven and probably missed seven or eight as well. Um, missed a couple of shots after the siren um, in the first and second quarters, so he could have had a had a real field day. But in the end, uh, it, you know, they're just too strong and, and we've got to uh, lick our wounds and get back out there against the swans tomorrow yeah well uh I, I hope the the
0: Eagles can can pick it up because uh, you know all of a sudden you know a few things have gone your way and you guys have got to look at the top four you know equal points uh sitting there um, so you know there's Yeah, there's plenty to look forward to for the Eagles. So I, I hope, uh, you know, um, well, for you <laughs> and uh, for the Eagles as well. Like, that's uh, there, there'll be a fair bit that you can learn
1: out of that one. But, yeah, Aramco are a strong side. So. Yeah, and that was the thing that we took away is that they are probably probably the best side we've played all year. And they had a couple of blokes out as well. I mean, we did as well. But you know, um, some of their guys who were out were pretty handy and they still managed to come away with a, with a win and they were – yeah, they're always really hard to beat down there too. So, yeah. But uh, we get another crack in about six weeks' time against them, but we uh, look forward to Paringa tomorrow now.
0: And we move across to the uh, the final game of the Indies from last week, Sedan versus BSR. Um, yeah, we're not really surprised by the scoreline uh, given recent form. Unfortunately, with the Redbacks, they're still carrying some injuries. But um, I... No, no, I don't think. Oh, yes, Justin Anthony back in the side, yep. kicking two goals there. So that's, uh,
1: you know, got to be a positive sign for them. Yeah, getting him back. And, you know, they've had a lot of guys miss a lot of football. So they'll be getting them back in, getting their fitness up again. Um, but for me, the the big thing out of that is Sedan Cambray probably been the sleeping giant of the competition this year. We know, we've spoken a lot about Wunker, a lot about Ramco, um, but they flex their muscle a little, a little bit with that big win. And because they had that buy, they had a buy, then they had the, the forfeit from Brownswell, so they didn't play for a couple of weeks there, and you sort of, you know, obviously they've slipped down the table a little bit, and percentage wise, they'll get a bit of a boost at the end of the year when that, they get that forfeit uh, added, but they've been a bit of a sleeping giant, which really they shouldn't be, they're the reigning premiers for a reason and, um, yeah, you know, yes they've lost some players, but they've gained some really good players too, I keep seeing there's just constantly blokes names coming up on the transfer list coming through to Sydney and Cambray, and yeah, I think they're going to be right there at the pointy end of the season.
0: Yeah, they, they certainly will be there, uh, snuck up into third position, and they're just um, yeah, just holding away nicely, aren't they? So, just a, a bit of a side note with with this one, uh, you know, uh, this being my first uh, season following Riverland football, the the clash between Sedan and BSR does that attract a uh,
1: you know the battle of the West. Type of name to the game at all? Does it? I think there's. I think there's certainly an element of rivalry there from their Mid Murray Football Association days, and a bit, a bit the same as Ramco. So those three came across from well, Stan Canberra went from Mid Murray to the Hills, and then across to the Riverland Independents. But yeah, I think there's that old rivalry there between the the two football clubs, and they certainly want to get get one up over each other. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like uh, there'd be a, a fair bit of a competitive spirit amongst yep. amongst them. I'd imagine so. Um, so we've looked at all the team efforts. Uh, now this one we've had on the uh, we've we've had it simmering away. Uh, we've just been letting the uh, the votes accrue in the individual awards. So uh, let's let's put it back on the table this week, mate. And um, how are things shaping up with the marks up MVP?
1: Yep, so the uh, Paradise Pools and Landscaping MVP for the Riverland A-grade men. We've got uh, still got Lockie Evans on, on top there from Loxton on 23 votes. Um, didn't poll a vote on the weekend. But so what, what happened on the weekend, uh, Lindsay? was a lot of guys got votes that weren't up the top. So we've, we've seen that leaderboard tighten right up at the moment. So Lachlan's out in front. Tim Wolford's on 22, just behind him. Matty Wolford picked up three to move equal with his brother Tim. So they're both on 22. Will Gucci's still around the mark. Obviously, he's been injured on He's still only two votes behind. So when he comes back, potentially after the bye, he's primed to have a real crack at it. And uh, and Jack Agostino there as well. So Jason Wesley was the big winner from Berry. He polled eight votes against Barmer Monash. Big game from the former West Adelaide junior. Uh, Jake Spensley, perfect 10 from Wakery against Remark. Massive game down there. And uh, it was... Seven votes for three players in the Loxton North v Loxton game. Ross Romeo, Jesse Will and Michael Scott all polling well. And John Fisher snagged six there, so um, doing quite nicely. So, yeah, it's really tightened up in the uh, the Paradise Pools and landscaping MVP, mate.
0: Yeah, and across at the Murray Pioneers Riding Award, the uh, longest-running country football award uh, going around, uh, we've got uh, Jack Agostino holding station. Um, unfortunately, he didn't accrue any votes on the weekend due to injury, but still holding uh, at 14 votes there. Uh, a couple of votes to Maddie Wolford this week sees him move into equal top uh, with with Jack there. Uh, Will Gushy as well still holding station um, despite injury, and uh, Brody Thompson accruing uh, three votes this week. Uh, in the Fisher Cup. Uh, Lachlan Evans, uh, again, he's he's still around the mark on nine. And uh, Michael Scott from Loxton North has uh, entered into the conversation as well now after a few goals um, in the uh, the Proud Cup there. And, uh, yeah, um, it's interesting that you mention uh, Jake Spenceley um, was uh, amongst the votes because he was uh, for our side of the uh, the coin as well. Uh, get it, I gave him top votes in the... Um, wakery and renmark game there basically and i think everyone agrees <laughs> you know and i think that kind of uh it would be interesting uh when we get round to willis Medal time to to look back at this game and see if that's what the umpires saw as well because uh if you're seeing it i'm seeing it the coaches are seeing it it's uh yeah even though with all that different uh
1: perspective with we're, we're coming to the same conclusion there it, Pies always have a bit of a different perspective than everyone else, so let, let's remember that. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they go, go another way. P- potentially Maddie maybe even get some votes, but, um, yeah, who knows? Uh, so the Independent uh, auto uh, Hoops Auto um, Pro MVP Award. We've got Bradley Walkley from Sedan Cambrai back up top again, mainly a couple of weeks off, as we mentioned, with the Magpies. Having some time off there, but he uh, he polled eight votes in the Magpies' big win over BSR, and uh, teammate Jack Roseless nagged nine for his first votes for the year. So well done to Jack. Uh, the Ramco Cobby game, Dan Conley on the wing was uh, dominant all day. Big big tall fella just ran all day and, and uh, got the perfect ten there and uh, moved up a bit. Uh, Callan Head from Cobby polled seven, and so did Peter Elliott from Ramco. And in the Wunker game, John O'Wood against his old team. Snagged nine votes to move up there. So at the moment we've got Bradley Walkley 32, uh, Lucky Hample from Wunker on 29, eamon Lawton on 25, and Kyle Baptie from bringer on 19 in that one. And then across to the uh, dear Lila MVP for the women's football, we've got uh, Paris Teast is the runaway leader here, mates. Uh, on 32 votes, she polled a perfect 10 in the Barmer-Monash game. So she got the votes from both coaches, the maximum five there. And she's out by nine votes at the moment. So doing really well down there, Paris. Uh, Sarah Campbell from Wakery Snag 7 to move into second spot. And we've got Kayla Mudge from Barmer on 22. So Paris is 32, Sarah Campbell 23, and Kayla Mudge on 22. So, yeah, Paris has uh, snuck away there and, um, yeah, doing very nicely down there at the Demons. And uh- – the demons,
0: as a whole, are travelling mm. very nicely at the moment in the the ladies' competition. Um, they uh, knocked off the other. Well, w- at that point in time, they Undeveated. were the other under yeah. defeated uh, team in uh, Barma Monas. So things going uh, quite swimmingly, you might say, down there at uh, at the Berry Ladies. So, which is uh, kind of fortuitous because it brings us uh, to talk about uh, well, what's going on at Berry Oval this weekend, mate. So. At the moment, um, for our listeners, Dillo's wearing his Cobby Eagles hat. So we're going to have to ask him to put on his SANFL hat.
1: (laughs) And uh, tell us, mate, um, it's a big weekend ahead, isn't it? Yeah, so obviously we've got the women's games on the Sunday this week, Lionsy, instead of the Saturday evening, um, which is a great opportunity for us to showcase the women's game in the daytime, um, have all the games, obviously both games at one venue down there at Bury. And give the girls their own day of, of football and with a view to potentially moving the day of, of women's football to another day in 2022 that also allows us to potentially start up a, a junior competition for the girls and so we've also got to come and try day for junior girls on on the sunday as well so that's 11 30 prior to the women's games getting underway um, and myself and Shane, you in from Sample, will run that and it'll just be a bit of a coaching session. We're just going to have some fun with the girls and just to see if they, they really enjoy their football. So um, we're looking at potentially getting under 15s up and running next year and if we do, we need to see if there's girls out there that want to come and have a kick. And so if there is any listening or any parents of um, girls that are sort of interested in footy, you might just have a, you know, even a passing interest. Bring them out on Sunday we're looking for girls around that 10 to 14 age bracket. Um, if they're a little bit younger, a little bit older, that's not a problem either. Bring them out, We we'll have a kick, have some fun, and they'll get a free footy as well.
0: Oh, excellent. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's very handy. So, yeah, definitely get down there. and Hopefully uh, you got plenty of footies uh, to accommodate uh, plenty of
1: attendees. Fingers crossed, mate, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, We've got the women's games on straight afterwards as well. So 1.30, Berry will take on Wakery. So a huge game there. Wakery have been in some pretty good form this year as well. Big improvers in the women's competition. So a chance to uh, take on the best down there at Berry And then straight after that, we'll have the game between Remark and Catters. So if you're looking for something to do on the Sunday, get down to Berry Oval. Um, It's going to be a huge day just showcasing some female football.
0: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Magpies are the big movers at the moment and they're uh, the only other team that's really got close to uh, Barman Monash as well. Um, of the other ladies' sides, they went down... Uh, when was that? That was, I think, early on in the piece. Maybe, like, round two, I think. They uh, just came up short. Um, yeah. uh, eight points in the end, uh, yeah, to, to Barman Monash. So, yeah, Wakery definitely on the up and uh, Bashar, Kafak, I think I might have pronounced that right. Feel free to correct me on uh, social media, everyone.
1: I did your role for 13 years. and I never knew how to uh, pronounce that surname. (laughs) There was always a young fellow by the name of Jimmy that played down at Ramco and I always get it wrong and I I still don't know how to pronounce it.
0: (laughs) Right, well, we'll leave that one open to all our listeners. Uh, We hope you get in touch on... um, social media on Facebook uh, where you can find us and uh, yeah, just um, yeah, drop us a line there. We'd actually like to hear from uh, the lady herself perhaps uh, because she put in an absolute great effort, a season high, seven goals there for Waker Ease. So that's uh must get a mention, I think.
1: Yep. And she, I think she got the max votes and now, now dear Lila MVP as well on the weekend. So she, yeah, she had an absolute blinder. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. So, um,
0: in in your role, looking looking at uh, probably say like Monday morning after everything's said and done on Sunday, what, what are the KPIs you're looking for to uh, to demonstrate that yes, this is probably going to be the way
1: forward? Well, we're just looking for some sort of interest. Um, we've got uh, something called the Westies Shield coming up as well, where we're going to gauge a fair bit more interest because we have a, a primary school-based girls' carnival at Berry. Um, where we invite teams to come along and they get to play against each other. So we'll, we'll promote it there. But w- basically what we want to see is are there girls out there that are interested in football? Can they bring their friends along to come have a kick? And would they be interested in you know, potentially ha- having some form of competition next year? Now, it doesn't need to be under 18, uh, sorry, 18 aside competition, you know, full oval. If it's a smaller oval competition, just to start with, that's fine. That's how we started with the women um, as well. So if it's nine aside, side, whatever works. But we just want to see if there's an interest out there and if there is, which we believe there is. In fact, we know there is a, the interest out there, but we just got to get the girls to come along and, and find out about what footy is all about. So we'll, we'll pass on their details to the clubs. We actually have some club people there on the day as well, Lindsey. So hopefully some of the female players will come along and assist myself and Shane um, with, with the clinic. And um, yeah, so we'll be able to make that contact between the player and the club straight up. And so that way, if we do get it up and running next year, that that connection's already been made.
0: Yeah, and and that's an important connection in in making that first step because the pathway needs to be open, doesn't it? And that's what
1: this um, this is a, a bit of a test case for, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And we, we'll highlight that pathway as well. We'll have flyers on on the day that we'll hand out, and you know, just highlighting the pathway at the moment from OzKick. What will be, hopefully, an under-15 competition, senior women, but also the other way as well. So, you know, going from Auskick all the way through to AFLW and uh, yeah, we keep mentioning it every week, mate, that race is still on to see who's going to become the first AFLW player from the Riverland. It certainly is, mate. And hopefully, well, this is the starting line for that. Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: what we want to see. Now, mate, there's still a little bit of discussion going around about some of the girls like the Saturday. Yes. But what what do you say to that?
1: I've got no issue with that at all because the girls – you know that the way they play at the moment they come out obviously straight after the men's it's they're part of the the Saturday fabric of football now you know it's expected you finish off the A grade the women come out and, and have a run around and, and a kick and it's it's good you know the berry football club is one club that does it very well you know they they really included the women as part of the whole day and they, I think they do the presentations after the women have finished and then yeah it's it's a really good thing but for women's football to thrive it needs to be away from netball. Um, so we can allow some of those netballers to come and play and you don't want it to be just tacked on to the end of the the men's. Uh, we want it to be a standalone product like it is. It's been really successful across South Australia and Australia when it's its own product. You have, make it a carnival day, a bit similar to what soccer does up here in the Riverland, uh, potentially at a different time, maybe prior to the season starting maybe and, and then finish with a grand final early in the men's season. Um, and also just to – there's a lot of pressure on, on volunteers, um, you know, football clubs at the moment, and particularly when you, if you're there as a timekeeper, for example, you're there from 7.30 in the morning for the, for the under-13s game to get prepared, and then you're there right to the end of the women's game. So it's a long day. So what we want to do is we want to attract new volunteers, and, and we want females to run their own competition in, in a sense to go, well, we need to get people involved in our sport. We need people to come out and support us. Who are we going to get – to come out and do that. And if we ha- have it at a different time of year, it almost forces them to so- sort of go, okay, we we need to run this ourselves. And when they do start doing that, that's when the competition is going to thrive because at the moment it does feel like it's, um, it is a big, big day for footy clubs running that whole whole lot of footy on a Saturday. So if we can separate that a little bit, get some new blood into, into football clubs as well by getting you know, some of the female um, players, partners to come out and help earlier in the year, if we decide to run it earlier, I think that would be a huge win as well.
0: Yeah, so this might be a bit of a um, a test case, you might say, to maybe change some hearts and minds. You think about women's football.
1: Yeah, I guess. And I, when you think about it, how many, how many, you know, men's football for a long time, the partners and wives and girlfriends and everything, they've they've helped out in you know, doing canteen, doing trainers, um, you know, water runners, all the behind the scenes work. You know, for for female football to thrive, we need the opposite to happen as well. Yeah. On the other foot, you know, so we need need them to come out and, so, and they can't do that on a Saturday because they've got, you know, generally they're tied up during during the day. They've got to do their their own game and then they get in and they've got their own presentation. So it becomes difficult um, for them to do that. But by separating, hopefully, we can get a little bit more involvement in that way too. And it's
0: quite fortuitous this weekend uh, with women's football in uh, the front and center of the Riverland this weekend that we've also got. Ashley James lining up for West Adelaide, so you know that's uh, that, that's some uh, big carrot. Uh, well, sorry, a big carrot for girls to aspire to. So there's something that they can already see um, could could be where they want to be. And uh, yeah, so uh, that brings us to our uh, to our guest uh, this week, Ash James, um, who will be the first Riverlander to play in an, an SANFLW Grand Final this weekend. Uh, the blood stormed into the 2021 decider after beating Nord by 24 points last Saturday and helped by a pretty handy soccer goal from from Ash uh, that kept the momentum going Westie's way in the last quarter. So this is our chat with West Adelaide's Ashley Jane. First of all, congratulations. It's been a a pretty big week for the club, uh, not only making the grand final, but uh, Lauren Young picked up the SANFLW best and fairest and uh, was included in the... Team of the Year with Sharni Whiting and Zoe Venning. Um, Is the club riding a bit of a wave in the preparations for the grand final this week?
2: Yeah, well, we are. I mean, um, not a bad start uh, to the week. The girls racking it up, especially Lauren at the presentations. Um, but so well deserving of her and the other girls that made it in. Um, but, yeah, hopefully that's just, the start to many more um, for them and us as well. Um, all feeling very excited for tomorrow's game.
0: Look, of course, there's just a little bit of disappointment with uh, Beck Owens, the captain, um, having to miss out from a broken leg. Uh, how how has the club got around her at this time?
2: Oh, it's been it's been really hard um, as teammates to watch her um, in that kind of situation. Um when the moment she went down, we were all like I was on the bench at the time and we we're all just looking at each other like it was it was nearly like really emotional um seeing such a strong person that you look up to um in so much pain. Um, and then at half time that sort of um obviously we talked about a lot and um Moods the coach brought us all in and just said we need to work even harder now for her and and that could have gone both ways. We could have, um, you know, let that get to us. But I think we all just took that on board and knew that there's no way we wanted her checking the scores or coming out after the game to figure out we'd lost. So that just um, gave us that extra bit of um, confidence, I guess, to um, be better and do better. Um, so now she's been there, obviously, at training, um, come to recovery on Sunday in her crutches, um, but as, as positive as she ever is. Um, yeah, and we just got to get the job done now for her, use that as a bit of a um, a push to
0: get the win. Could we just flash back to to the prelim and um, you kick the goal in a prelim? Um, does that sit pretty highly for you after a big season?
2: Oh, it does. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've come away from um, kicking one set shot for the season. I thought that might have been it. Um, but yeah, just managed to get the crumbs and a ball that. Um, One of the girls kicked that sort of got smothered and Norwood girls jumped on it, assuming it's sort of gone through the goals. I've just sprinted to get to it and kicked it through. So that was pretty rewarding. Um, Yeah, and then to get up how we did too. um, I think we're all on a bit of a high after the last few wins that we've had. So hoping to continue on that and hoping that my game, because I would have probably played my best game on the weekend. So I'm hoping that that continues on. And doesn't let the nerves get to me too
0: much. Now, I'm sure you've had a lot on your mind uh, this week already, but have you had a bit of a moment to kind of think about that you're going to be the first Riverlander to play in an SA-NFL W Grand Final? That's uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big thing up here, I've got to say.
2: Yeah, well, I haven't actually considered it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. here we are, um, obviously, for the club, Um to be in this this spot and um, being the first, like, obviously Wessies haven't made that um, grand final in the women's team yet. So even that's um, a thrill in itself and such a huge honour. Um, I think, you know, six, five, six rounds ago, we were sitting second to bottom on the ladder. So we all just like every day we're all messaging each other like, oh my God, we're in the grand final. Like when did that happen? Because there's, you know, as much as we wanted it, it got to a point that we're like, what is happening? Like we're just losing and then we'd win and then we got get knocked down again. And, you know, so then we'd had we knew um I think it got to end of round eight, we had to win every game. Um, so it was sort of like Mood saying, You need to win the next three games if you want to be in the top four. So we knew we had to work so hard. So we all did training We wanted to be in that top four. We wanted to be where we were last year and maybe even better. And um, Yeah, worked super hard every game and we're fortunate to get the few wins that we did um, to lead into where we are now. And now we're one spot better than last year, which is even better.
0: That's right. Yeah, making the most of your opportunities at at every turn.
2: Yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah, so if we could um, just touch on your uh, playing career so far, could you tell us a little bit how – How it came about your opportunity to uh, to play for Westerns? Uh,
2: Yeah, so um, God was that two thousand nineteen. Obviously, played my first season for Remark, um, and that was just so exciting because I'd always sort of wanted to play footy, um, been a dream of mine, and just had accepted that that's probably something that's never going to happen. Um, and then – so I never, ever once considered playing at a higher level. Obviously, I knew that AFLW was a thing and um, just knew I, I'd lost my chance. Oh, well, that's fine. And then thought I'd give um, give it a go to play at Remark, have a bit of fun with a few of the girls while I played netball at the same time, and then uh, probably did it a bit better than I expected that season. Um, and Mark Moody, so our current coach now he gave me a call and I was like no this can't be right and you know he introduced himself as a West Adelaide women's coach he just said we'd love for you to come out and train and I was sort of in a bit of shock like are you, are you sure do you know I've only just played a few games for Remark, can't compare to anything um, he's like no yeah we'd love for you to come out if you're interested so in my head I sort of knew I'd be part of the squad Um, to train along with them which I was just over the moon about and then it um, got to a point that yeah and god what was around four of last season uh, last year that Moods had sort of announced me as an emergency to play um, for my first game last year and and that was again a huge honour because I knew that I could warm up with the girls. I knew I wasn't playing at the time, but I could still warm up and get a feel for it all, which was awesome. And then um, got the call on the way up to say I was named in the starting 22, which, yeah, was unreal. So that's where it all sort of started, and here we are.
0: Such a big step when when you uh, leave the Riverland to go down to Adelaide and and, ha- and have a tilt at the big leagues. Mm. Um yeah, could you tell us uh, how you kind of adjusted to making that big change? Because it's not just about football, it's a lifestyle change as well. Mm.
2: Yeah, it was a. at the start I just sort of went in thinking that I would um, just train and play, not thinking long-term at all about it, just focusing on the now. Um, so that was me travelling down twice a week last year, which I was I was quite okay with. I um, didn't mind the drive, I guess it just got part of my routine. Um, and then sort of at the end of this season, I was like, oh, what do I do? I knew my, um have my older sister up in Adelaide and I knew my other sister was coming up as well. Um, and then it worked out that, you know, she had a, a place with her to live. And then um, it was sort of like, oh, do I go up and give it a crack? So I spoke to the coach and I just said, how do you think that will impact, um, you know, how how I'm going? Do you think it'll be beneficial? And he just said it's completely up to you, Um, you know, there's no pressure at all. And once I'd sort of spoken to a few of the girls, they're like, yeah, do it, do it. Like, you you know, you can live at Airhouse. Um, I was working as an SSO in Redmark, so they're like, we can get you work, no worries at all at any school. Um, so I was just going to come up and babysit or work you know out of school and all of that work wise seemed to just work out perfectly and after being up here for a few weeks it was probably two weeks of full training and games and I was like why did I even consider not coming up it's just the biggest game changer being able to commit fully and be able to make recovery and go out for dinner after training it just makes um, such a difference I'd suggest anyone that even thought about it, just to give it a crack. And at least I know if I wasn't enjoying it, I've always got home to go back to. So, yeah, I'm so glad I made that decision.
0: And that's it. It's a big decision to go down to Adelaide and play league football from the Riverland because it's not just about an adjustment to your football career. It's also a big lifestyle change. Um, What would be your advice to younger girls coming through the ranks at the moment?
2: Yeah, I mean, it didn't. It didn't come lightly, but I think because um, of, you know, that I did have the experience in work that I did, that was um, like quite a bit of peace of mind to know that I wasn't too stressed about um, work, whereas some other people may just not be able to do it due to that or, you know, living um, arrangements. But I had so much support from the girls that I played with that I was like, oh, if it falls through with my sister, like it doesn't matter at all. Because I know even the coaches said, Um, One of them mentioned that I could, you know, live in his spare room if it meant just being up here and um, so all of that support was amazing. Um, Advice I would give um, is just to give it a crack. Like I said, I've always got home to go back to um, if I need, if I wasn't enjoying it, if I got homesick at all, um, you know, you can always go back. So if if it's ever something you're considering, um, I'm hoping that in the Riverland, the football Women's comp um will get bigger and better um but you know if you had do have the chance to better yourself better your career just go for it it's always worth a shot you've got nothing to lose
0: Yeah it's coincidental you mentioned the um the women's league up here cuz we're actually having a massive uh Sunday schedule of games up here where for the first time we're putting all the games on at once at Berry Oval so the girls are the the center of attention. So it's kind of worked out quite well that we've got this going on. You're playing in a grand final. It's really put uh women's football right in the spotlight, uh up here in the Riverland this weekend. So yeah. Yeah, I'm that's Just amazing. wondering it's if you might time. have known about that.
2: No, I, I didn't. No, I wasn't aware <laughs> yeah. of that. I knew I'm in the the women's group, the Remark um, chat. So I'm trying to keep up with what's going on. And I did notice that they were playing a little bit earlier, but I, I just assumed for some reason they weren't following the men, um, but didn't question why. I'm just trying to keep up with all the conversations happening. Yeah, in there.
0: that's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah I don't there's feel, a lot.
2: Yeah, don't feel so <laughs> left out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Now, won't, delve too much into the game at all um, because uh, you know, I simply just don't want to put the mockers on anything um, at this stage. But probably just one thing we'll ask, have you got any family coming down to, to share the day with you?
2: I do, yes. I've had such an amazing support this whole season, mum and dad every game and then my sisters as well when they can get there. Um, so that's that's been every game. Same with my um, boyfriend, Harrison, Um, That support's just been incredible. And, of course, now this weekend I've got them all coming up again. Um, But, you know, I've got my work family all coming as well and then um, lots of other people that I've had messages from to say that they'll be there. So along with the nerves and knowing what game it is for everyone to be like, oh, we'll be there, we'll be there, encouraging you, supporting you, it's an amazing feeling but also it feels like there's so much pressure as well. So try not to let that get to me.
0: One thing you don't have to worry about, Ash, is everyone up here in the Riverland 100% behind you. We're all very proud of what you and Westies uh, together have achieved so far this season. Have a great game. Most importantly, enjoy the game. And we wish you
1: all the best this week. Thank
2: you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: So Great to have Ash on, on the pod this week, Lindsay. So, um, you know, it is massive that she's gone so quickly from... Remark down to to Westies and hopefully in in a few weeks time when we have the Westies shield for the primary school girls at Berry Oval we'll be able to bring the uh, premiership cup up with the Westies girls there's a couple of them hopefully coming up with that and they can bring that premiership cup up and show the girls what it's all about and uh, yeah hopefully drive a little bit more female participation up here in the Riverland
0: yeah yeah hopefully it does fingers crossed it does and uh, all the best to the Westies girls out there uh, this weekend And uh, I guess it just highlights like for most of this podcast we've been talking about women's football and isn't it great that it's just part of the conversation we have every week now around footy and it, you know, it's just like, well, how, why did it take so long for us to have these conversations?
1: It's funny, you know, even myself probably back in the day, you know, you you think female football is, is that part of football? That's, That's not what we're used to and, um, but you quickly change your mind when you see how, how passionate they are about it and, uh. You know, I've been lucky enough to have my own wife involved in female football for a couple of seasons, and, and my son has only ever seen her play football. He's never seen me play football, which isn't a bad thing at the moment because <laughs> I, I struggle a bit out there. But um, but he's he only knows that, and so I think I think it's fantastic, and um, and now an opportunity for for Ash to become part of West Adelaide footy folklore, and um, you know, do what the uh, the Bloods men did six years ago, won that that drought breaking flag, and they're every chance um, against the Bays, I think. Uh, you know, they've been consistent all year. The the coach Moods is uh, is a terrific fella, and he's got them up and about. And uh, we should probably mention, the other girls that aren't aren't picked as well. Um, obviously, yeah, Con- Connie Dupas and uh, Georgie Pater uh, from the Riverland as well, who have been part of that side for a while. And but uh, you know, I'm sure they'll be supporting uh, Ash and, and the girls on, on on the weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah, we hope that uh, that silverware comes the way of Richmond Oval. So mate, uh let's get into it and have a look at the weekend ahead of Riverland football. Um yeah mate, uh let's uh look, let's um go straight to what I think is probably got the most the most riding on it. Uh this game here, uh Monash versus Loxton North. Uh we had the draw in round 1. Both teams haven't quite been able to get there. They've been uh, well Loxton North were heartbreakingly close last week, but mate Someone's going to walk away with a win this time. I'm sure of that.
1: Well, can you imagine if there's another draw? That would be absolutely heartbreaking oh, yeah, for both teams. And, um, you know, you've got the uh, the game plan here and uh, just looking at the front cover, this time we're playing to win the very good Little, uh, little River Band reference there and, uh, and a great song. But geez, wouldn't it be heartbreaking? It's it's the the outcome. is an absolute disaster outcome for both clubs. But I'm sure there will be a result this week.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think uh, just to uh, keep the the good karma, let's stop talking <laughs> about draws, okay, mate? No so, worries. <laughs> so let's have a look at uh, the actual game and how it's lining up, mate. Um, look, uh, yeah, do you think
1: um, Locks and North go in red hot favourites? They go in favourites. I wouldn't say red hot. Um, Given we you know, both clubs are gonna going be desperate to, to win. Um, you know, Barmer had their chances last week, so did Loxton North. And, you know, they've at times both well Loxton North's been pretty competitive throughout the year and you know, probably three of the five games barmer has been competitive. So I don't think that's uh, certainly hot favourites, but yeah, the Loxton North do, do deserve to go in as the um the clubhouse leader, I guess, and uh, with the you know, the form that they've been in nearly knocking off Loxton last week.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm just having a look over Barbara Monash's uh, team list.
1: I am not seeing Matty Min's inclusion this no, week. No, so he's been cleared back to over the border. Yep. Uh, Benny Fisher not playing as well from what I understand. Um, and uh, Oscar Mann as well, who's been in, in great touch. So not, none of those guys named. So a couple of uh, outs for the ruse, but it gives a few other guys a chance. I think Sam Alder, who might be the son of Mike, is the, uh, the, the footy club president down there, uh, might make his, I think it might be his debut. So uh, congrats to Sam if that's the case, but either way he comes in. And yeah, and then over on the Loxton North side of things, no Joel Worsfold this week uh, or Will Schultz. So a um, couple of couple of blokes that would be very handy this week to have. Joel's been in terrific form over the past couple of years. Um, so to not have him for this big game is, is going to hurt them. But uh, you've seen more of both of these teams than I have, mate. <laughs> What do you think is going to be the key to, to victory here?
0: I think uh, Barman Monash have kind of... Um, they can't rely so much on Mason Middleton here, I think. Um, he has been their uh, you know their main goal scorer and focal point up front, but I think they've got to find some other answers, um, especially mm-hmm. around the midfield. I, um, I hear Sam Butterworth has come back into the fold there. He played quite good last week. Yep. Um, so you would hope that... A few more um, elements come together uh, for barman Wanash there because uh, look that the, the times I had seen him, especially against Renmark, there were shallow entries, um, and then it relied on maybe a second contest in the forward fifty to be able to set up the goal. Whereas they really need to start getting in on that first entry yeah, and some marks it. inside fifty, and yeah, that's right. All that, that stuff's got to happen, and. You know, uh, as we've seen um, from a lot of the the top teams, um, that's all one out the middle and the half back. So they've got to get mm-hmm.
1: that right, I think. Yep. So big challenge for Barmer. And, uh, and Locks the North, you know, you know, they've probably had the opportunity to win two or three games this year. One was the inaccurate kicking against uh, the Roos last time. So hopefully they'll have their kicking boots on, on this week. That's for sure. And... Uh, yeah, the, you'd think that they they probably take the points but I wouldn't be riding Barman and one off this week at all. Not at all that this is one I think uh yeah there's going to be
0: quite a, a fair few eyes watching this one uh, yep. with great interest. Definitely. For how it affects the rest of the season. Um so yeah, we'll uh, head across to uh Tiger Town where Renmark get another look at um their well, round one adversary, uh, Loxton, who I don't think Renmark were expecting to drop that one in round one, uh, so now they've um, you know had a had a chance to you know probably um, take a bit more measured approach now to Loxton. So it's going to be interesting how things line up this weekend. I notice uh, Josh Vader has been listed, but mm-hmm. I don't think we can take that as a certainty um, from what we've seen over the last few weeks. And I guess the important one. Uh, we talked about at the top of the show was uh, Jack Agostino hasn't been um, hasn't been listed. So mate, how do you, how do you think that affects their chances?
1: Look, it, it, that'll hurt them. I mean, Jack, like we spoke about, Jack Agostino has been the recruit for them this year. That's come in and, and had a massive impact. So to not have him and his run, and he's, probably more his football smarts as well. You know, he's a he's a really intelligent footballer because he's come from that that Sandful background where he's played down at West Adelaide for a long time. Um, so, so to lose him is going to be going to be huge um, but you know on the other side of the coin Loxton will be without will Gucci yeah. and uh, you know he's a, he's a big loss as well so they have both probably got their best players out um, I did see Tim Blight came into the uh, into the Redmark side last week and he, he's a big body so another big target for them which is which is good. Um, and as, as for Loxton, like we said, Gucci's still out. But one thing I did notice, mate, I, is that we've, we've mentioned this before, Loxton haven't used a lot of players this year. And so I went, went and had, did a little bit of research mm-hmm. and about how many players each team has used this year. And Loxton, by the looks of it, has only used 25. So they've only had th- four extras on top of their their regular 21, which is quite remarkable to get to round five and only use that amount of players. So that, that's that's a really good sign for them. But then on the other side, Remax used the most at 32. So whether that's a combination of injury or form, I'm I'm not sure. But they haven't settled that side. And I think that's probably affecting them a little bit. So once they start to get that side settled, I think they'll probably kick on in the... uh, Second half, of the Aussies kick on there, so well nice, done, mate. Nice little tie in there, yeah. mate. Well done. Yeah, it sounds like you're listening out there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so I think once they get things a bit more settled, that they'll they'll come home with a wet sail. But you know, they they need to win this one because if they lose, they'll, they'll fall a couple of wins behind Wakery on the ladder. That's
0: right, and that's going to be some uh, some hard yards to make up yep. if it goes. So
1: there's uh, oh, look, is it putting a bit too much pressure on Renmark saying this could be season defining? I think it. I mean, season defining, but you know they can certainly they can come back from it. But right now they they lose this one, they fall fall potentially four points behind if Wakery beats Barry. If they win, you know they're right right in the in the hunt in uh, when they play play the Magpies again in four weeks time. So five weeks time, so it is a big game. And the other the other side of it though is Loxton certainly hasn't hit the heights that they have of the early part of the season when they obviously knocked off Remark. Um, they beat Wakery. Their scoring shots throughout the year haven't been overly in in their favour. So they were minus three against Remark scoring shots. They were plus one against Wakery, um, plus six against Berry. We know Berry came home strong, but I think um, then only plus four against Barmer Monash and plus three against Lockster North. So they're not getting a huge amount more uh, more, uh, scoring shots on the board, Uh, but obviously they're making the most of their opportunities. And I think Will Gucci going out has hurt them big time because they certainly haven't dominated the, you know, Barman, Monash and of North like we thought they they potentially might in, after the way they performed against Remark and Wakery. So maybe a little bit vulnerable, but yeah, I think they're still going as favourite.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that, the uh, the shots on goal, because, well, last week, um, yeah, the Tigers, uh, their first sub-10 uh, goal scoreline yeah. of the season. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that just backs up even
1: more your research there so well done mate yeah it's
0: good to see you spending your time wisely during the week
1: away from our uh, little chat well i actually did it because i had that extra half an hour up my sleeve (laughs) waiting for your computer to come but the other one is the first three weeks are very accurate as well. Linesy, 39 goals, 13. Deadly accurate. Helped by that 23-goal-2 scoreline um, in round round three, I believe it was. Um, and then the last two weeks, are kicked 19-19. So a little bit less accurate in front of goals. So they'd certainly like to be kicking a few more goals this um, this week, I think, and instead of points, as, as you always do. Yeah, <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: a simple game when you break it down, isn't it? Absolutely, kick goals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if we head across to uh, RFL headquarters, where uh, Barry will be taking on Wakaree now. Flashback to round one. It was uh, well. It it was a big scoreline, but uh, probably a little bit tighter than probably what people had had expected going on history. But I got a feeling that if Barry throw what they. Everything at this contest, like they did last week over four quarters, I think this could be a very, very different game indeed than what we saw in round one. Um, you know, there's still uh, you know a couple of uh, they're pretty much carrying the same side that played there. So in round one, so they've had all
1: that you know get that run into their legs and. There's one big out though. I don't know if you've noticed it, but Brody Thompson has not been named, and that's a, that's a big blow for them. Ooh, Partic- that hurts. Particularly if Maddie Taylor comes back in, and he has been named. Um, you know, they had uh, Jack Colbert do the ruck work last week, but Maddie Taylor will come back in potentially. And and Brody, as you've mentioned on, on the pod many a time, you know he he gives that silver service to his midfield. Um, so that that's a that's a big out for them. But they've uh, they've bring brought in. I think it's Jed Hennessy. Um, we'll do, do the ruck work, I think, this week. So um, an opportunity for him. But Wakery does have both Spenceleys out. So it's not just Maddie that's gone back across to Mildura. Jake Spenceley hasn't been named either. So um, yeah, that's a that's a big loss on what they had in their midfield last week compared to this week.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also uh, just on Barry's ruck, they do have another card to play with uh, Tom Finlay, mm-hmm. who has been a bit of a relieving ruckman and quite handy as well. Yep. And we talked to with Brian Gates about this last week that he is being named uh, back at half-back again. So he might play that role, you know, drifting into the ruck. And uh, he, for for a guy who was originally, well, employed, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that I, I use that term loosely. I don't know what arrangement is going <laughs> on down there. Um, but when he first came into the side, he was more uh, set to be their, their centre-half forward. Yeah. But yeah. the way he's operating down the back there, it looks pretty tidy, and
1: I think that could be a factor as well. Um, so That's the thing. If he can take some of that defensive ruck work and you've got Pumper up in the forward line, he can do that. just takes the pressure off of uh, Hennessy or whoever they've got got taking that centre square stuff. So um, I should mention also as well, uh, young Lockie Nitschke looks like he's set to make his A-grade debut for, for Wakery. Um, fortunate enough to have a little bit of uh, time with Lockie with the West Adelaide Under-15 Country program. There's a number of lads that have made their debut this year from from that. Um Jack Sullivan, uh, Jamo Whitbourne, a couple couple to mention there. But uh, Lucky Nitschke loved the way he goes about it, just a little terrier, and uh, it's fantastic to see him uh, make his debut.
0: Yeah, and uh, we spoke with uh, Shane Stevens uh, last week, and, um, the, the, yeah, he, he was uh, quite open that, yeah, people have been writing us off a little bit because of injury worries and all that stuff. But the guys they're promoting in... Mm-hmm. Uh, hitting the ground running, like uh, Liam Schiller came up from the B grade. He's uh, for from um, what I've been told, he was uh, pretty much a, a you know a career B
1: grader up until the last few weeks, and he's come in and kicked goals for them. Yeah, that's and- good. Kay Hilton's another one. Yeah, that's um, come in and done a good job. Of Jack Colbert last week in the ruck, so. They've yeah they've got guys that are doing coming in doing their job and it just holds them in really good stead for the second half of the year
0: yeah so I I still think um yeah Wakere, like yeah you can't write them off at all no <laughs> you no. know yeah for this one here especially if they wind up that uh that mid game and start delivering by foot because that just I'd I've seen a, a few Renmark games uh, this year and and thought yep the, these guys are pretty handy around the mids but um yeah wakery just have got. Uh, yeah, I've got another gear there yep. yeah, that I'm sure that they will exploit, mate. So I think that covers the big six. Um, let's have a look at the Indies this week, mate. So um, we got Browns. Well, uh, have come back from their – they had the buyer and last the buyer, week. Yep. yep so, so they've had their rest and got some numbers together, which is great to see. So uh, well done to the Bombers. But uh, <laughs> they've walked straight into a uh, – Red
1: Hot Ramco. Yeah,
0: absolutely, mm. mate. Um, yeah, we'd talk- just
1: like to see Brownswell boys get their numbers right and the positions right in the on Sports TG as well, just so we can get it right in the game plan, wouldn't we? Oh, we'd love that.
0: Yeah, so, that's uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they've got a lot on their plate they do. as it
1: is, but yeah, it would it would be a great help. <laughs> Not nice for the supporters. So, Junior, if you're listening, mate, uh, just uh, see if we can work that one out. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, coming up against Ramco, it's going to be a tough game for them. Um, and you know going on on previous form you expect ramco to win pretty comprehensively i'm just having a look through ramco's side now to see if there's any guys that have come in i think josh andrew wather i think i've said that right will we'll come into the side um he's been really handy for them this year jamie o'callaghan the coach comes back in as well um so a couple of a couple of really good ins there but those guys i mentioned earlier you know dan conley was excellent on the wing for them last week so was uh, peter elliott um, Brody Whitborn was really solid around the contest as well and then they've got, um, you know, a guy who had a quieter game, Amon Lawton, you know, they d- did it with him sort of having a quieter game um, last week so and he's been in great touch. So hard to see Browns world well challenging but uh, once again, great to see they're just out there and uh, and doing their thing.
0: That's, that's important and uh, like you said, when... Uh... Cobby went down there. They were welcomed into the club afterwards uh, by the, the, the bombers. So it's it's great to see they're keeping their positivity up uh, amid what is uh, well, yeah, a, a very difficult season for the boys. So we'll uh, move across uh, down to um, uh, yeah. What what's the uh, Cobby Oval, is it just Cobby Oval or does it have a bit of a... Uh,
1: I think it's a Memorial Oval. It's I've, the Memorial I've, Oval. Yeah, right. well, okay. the gates are always open, so I never really get a chance yeah. to have a look at it. I think it is <laughs> the Cobb Memorial Oval. Right. Okay. I'll, have to, I'll have a look for you this weekend, mate.
0: Yeah, yeah. So a lot tighter layout uh, than what the Swans um, are accustomed to. Look, mate, um, yeah, tell us uh, how, how you're approaching this one.
1: Oh, well, it's just a pretty simple, Linesy We've got to win. Um, the boys know that. After last week's disappointing performance, um, you know we lose a couple of guys again, which is just you know, not an excuse, but certainly doesn't help you help your cause. But we get a couple of guys back too. But Benny, we'll miss Benny Harding, who's been terrific since coming across for us. Um, yeah, and uh, Nick Carr and Tommy DeJager will also go to last week's side. So guys have been doing really playing really good football for us, unfortunately set for a little stint on the side hopefully we we'll get them back after the bye. But um but we've had some guys playing some some really good footy as well. Um Tristan Jackson was tremendous on the weekend, Callan Head as well off half back. Um probably one of the most complete games of independent football I've seen. And, you know, um he, he just runs and runs and runs all day. So uh, they were really good. But then, you know, we're coming up against a, a Peringa side that's in pretty good nick, unlucky not to win last week. And, you know, they've got guys like Zach Fran, Tom Fran, running around out there still, um, playing some some really good football. Hamish Sanford's have, had a, having a terrific season as well, and so is Colin Bapti. So we've got our work cut out for us, put it that way, mate.
0: Yeah, indeed, because uh, these, these are one of the sides that – you, you know, sometimes you get your your team um, on a Monday morning, the best players come in, and sometimes you get a bit of a laundry list. That looks the same as the week before. But mm-hmm. with Paringa, I noticed there's different guys that pop their head up um, week in, week out. Um, so, you know, they've um, certainly got some depth there. And like Peter Siddle was saying at the start of the year, um, on, on his list uh, there's close to 16 brand-new players that have yeah. come in. They've hung around and... Things are really gelling there, and you can kind of see Paringa now coming to the fore as you know. Well, well, yeah, one of the top contenders,
1: really. Yeah, well, that's it. There's no reason why they can't match up with the top three. So if they Mm. get into the finals, um, you know they've they've matched it with Wanka. They matched it with Ramco for three quarters. Um, Can't remember the sedan result, but I reckon they might have Mm. got close, or either close, or knocked them off. So yeah, um, yeah, I reckon they got pretty close to to the Magpies too. So they've been right there or thereabouts. So it's. uh, they're a very talented young side out down there. One good thing about this week's team, though, mate, is there's no sign of N. Dylan on the field, so uh, which will be very nice to be actually, yeah, to sit back and, and watch things unfold rather than being involved.
0: Uh, oh, how, how did you break the news to him? How did he take it? But yeah, well,
1: he took it very well. <laughs> I
0: imagine he would, mate. <laughs> no, no. So uh, yeah, we'll head over. Well, we're we're heading out to the west uh, for well, Wunkarar anyway for their uh, game against Sedan Canberra. Uh, so yeah, again, like this is probably um, I, I can see Wonka probably being you know on the front foot uh, quite early in this one, but uh, look, Sedan Cambrai, uh, Bradley Walkley has been up and about again, so mm-hmm. there, there's still plenty to play out in this one, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it's game of the round, that's for sure. You know, they're they're both. Really good football sides. Um, we played Sedan Cambray round one, and they're very well drilled. Um, even though they got a new coach come in this year, you know they have still with a lot, you know, a lot of zones, a lot of presses, and all, all that sort of stuff, and um, which makes it very difficult, particularly when you play on that small Cambrai oval, which is about the size of a postage stamp. So, um, you know, they can really close teams down out there, um, which which is a, a really good thing for them. For a while there, they were just unbeatable at Cambray. You know, clubs would go down there and just it's almost you might as well put an L in, in the column rather than a W, uh, but you're right. You know Bradley Walkley's been in in uh, tr- terrific form. We mentioned Jack Rosler last week had an excellent game. Uh, Russell Loffler, the captain, uh, has been playing some good footy too. And then you know you just look through their side, and there's just consistency. You know they've got really good depth. Um, you know they brought a lot of guys back into the football club. And, uh, yeah, they're going to be hard to beat. But Wunker's travelling along quite nicely as well at the moment, mate. Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, they've uh, yeah
0: wrestled back that uh, top spot uh, off of Ramco the, uh, last week. So they're definitely uh, up and about the dogs. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah they're just
1: certainly uh, shaping up as a team to beat, really, aren't they? <laughs> well, they're, they're up there, one of, one of the three. When when they're on, they are on. You know, they're, they're a young side. So when they're, they're up and about and they're full of confidence, they just run in numbers. They work the ball really well. Their skills are up. Um, the challenge for, for Tom Wood and the Bulldogs will be, can they maintain that throughout the whole season with this young side and through whole games as well? Um, so far, for the most part, they have. So, you know, they've ticked every box that's come their way. One guy that's playing starting to really come into his own is Mark Westfold. Um, he's played some really good football uh, at uh, Locks North previously, down Adelaide as well, and he's just start really starting to build into his season. I think Jack Jeffrey comes back into the side tomorrow, so he'll, he'll be a big in, in for them as well. And those Hampel brothers are playing some great footy too. So, and when you got a bloke like Shane Schultz coming out of the uh, goal square, it doesn't matter how old he's getting, long in the tooth, you still got to put a good footballer on him to make sure he doesn't kick goals because uh, he's, um, yeah. He might be 40, 40 odd now, but yeah, the big fella loves to kick a bag. Let's just say he's evergreen. Yeah, we'll call him <laughs> that. We'll,
0: yeah, you'll like that, I think. I think he would. Yeah, yeah. So, mate, that is uh, the wrap and the preview of everything ahead of us this weekend, mate. So, um, it's been a bit different this week because uh, we've been down at the Murray Pioneer News Centre. Look, in keeping with workplace standards, we've uh, we're, yeah, we've um, we're we're off the. Off the, uh, off the Terps, off the Terps, you might <laughs> yeah. say, but I think, uh, mate, I've developed a big thirst uh, for knockoff drinks a little bit later today, mate. So uh, we'll leave the leave the kick ons. <laughs> <laughs> For a bit later, but uh, mate, I think uh, we've um, yeah drummed up a pretty heavy appetite. I think for some footy ahead this week, mate. So um you're going down to the Cobb Doglet Memorial Oval uh, <laughs> on Saturday, but where else will you be in the world of football?
1: Uh, Rem Marcos kick, then Kobe Oz kick as well. We our whole team's getting out to support the uh, Cobby Oz kickers on on Saturday morning, which is really good. And then uh, and then Sunday, yeah, out to watch the women's football and run the come and try day down there. So like we said earlier age between that 9 to 14 age group, come out, have a bit of a kick with us, have a bit of fun. And uh, I think uh, the Berry Football Club's put on a barbecue as well. So, yeah, it should be a really good day. And yourself, mate? Yeah, mate. um Saturday, I'm heading over to uh, Tigertown uh, to check out the uh,
0: Loxton and uh, Renmark game out there. So looking forward uh, to that one and uh, capturing all the action and you'll be able to read all about it, the full coverage of the RFL in next week's Murray Pioneer. Well, mate, um, yeah, I, I think it's time to clock off, mate, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, time to uh, have some uh, post-kick-on
1: kick-ons. Yeah, well, I think uh, you might have to duck down to the uh, local with uh, Hugh who's sitting over there. I reckon he looks like he's a bit thirsty, and Josh as well from the Pioneer here, and get down and have a, have a couple of frothies, mate. Yeah, those boys are sweating it out as we speak. So, mate, <laughs> it's been
0: great catching up with you. Again, take it easy and uh, and get well, and uh, we'll be back in full flight next week right here, ready to kick on download this podcast on all your favorite digital platforms and hear when the murray pioneer and marks up are coming to a club near you